Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Welcome to Blood and Mud, everybody. The podcast that would definitely get null point if the Euro Pod Song Contest pod contest. I haven't thought this through. But if that was Euro- a thing, Eurovision a pod, thing, the Eurovision Pod Contest, the Euro, the Euro Oral Pod Contest, yeah. Oral, Oral, that yeah. spelling of it. Anyway, we get null point. And yeah, we don't. We don't. We own those null plants yeah. as well. Tell you what, we'd we'd absolutely get mullered in the public vote. We might get a, a point. We might get a point off the jury if we're lucky. But we'd if absolutely we're very, very lucky. It was a rugby but the public vote, a public vote would absolutely despise us. Rugby people mostly so. don't like us and our ilk. Basically, that's become <laughs> quite clear, yeah. hasn't it? Despite the fact we love pretty, it, we've been amongst it for pretty years. Pretty obvious, yeah. But yeah, did you watch Eurovision this week? I did actually. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to do? In you know, it's not a, still not a great deal to do. So yeah, I watched it. I uh, I thought Iceland were robbed. I still can't oh, I thought quite they were understand. Outstanding. I don't understand how like this slightly eight-bit dressed MGMT tribute doesn't win. No, absolutely not. And yet, I'm baffled by Italy winning. I thought it was. I mean. It's nice to have a rock band winning, but... You see, I think that's amazing, yeah. I mean, they were better than that dreadful fucking Finnish... <laughs> new metal. 2000 New Metal Act, who were fucking dog shit, to be fair. <laughs> Especially when one of them started rapping in an American accent, which is always Love a it. sort of, oh God, moment. And they were doing that kind of... It's like mm. a plyometric jump around the stage in unison, isn't it? Which is wonderful as well. <laughs> 
Mm. Like elongated sort yes. of step lunge. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't describe it really well. But you know it when yeah. you see it. Mm. But yeah, it I'll was tell you what I was baffled yeah. by. Go on. Switzerland. Oh, bizarre. Something looking like fucking Liberace's secret lost grandchild. Yeah. Uh-huh. Singing in totally. a really high voice. Too much falsetto by far, just generally in the world, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, after Eddie Kendricks from The Temptations passed away, why did anyone bother with falsetto after that? It was a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> it was one of those things where like, people were going, oh, yeah, it's a good Eurovision song, though, isn't it? I didn't get Which that I think at all. I do like the public think... understood it, though, because the jury loved it, didn't they? And the public were like, yeah, 100 points. Which is a middling score. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I genuinely think that it's a great Eurovision song is slang for it's a god-awful fucking shite ballad that's sung way too earnestly for its own good. The Spanish lad was good, though, with the gigantic polystyrene moon, which was very <laughs> was detailed. It had, like, the sea of tranquility detailed. on it and everything. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't like a... I thought maybe it's the concept of a moon. Will it have lights on it? No, it's literally, <laughs> like, like a gigantic high school project that might I'll land on him at any point. It did feel like that was the the bulk of the thought had gone into that. <laughs> Because the song was very, very mediocre. Bizarre. It was like, of a giant fucking moon. And oh, I suppose we'll have to sing a song as well. So, uh, just toss <laughs> the Portuguese lads, they were a bit rocky, weren't they? They were a bit and weird. And that, why was he miming the solo on an unplugged in Telecaster <laughs> Deluxe? <laughs> but he didn't have time to put his strap on. <laughs> obviously, they were, obviously, they decided at some point, you haven't got time to put a strap on. So, what you're going to do is you're going to balance the guitar directly against your penis. You haven't got time to put a strap on. It's going to be the title of this episode, and people are going to be very confused. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. And he sort of looked like Steve Buscemi's character from uh, that thing about gangsters in the 1920s, Boardwalk <laughs> yes, Empire. He did, Boardwalk Empire, yeah. That ran out of steam, did it? I gave up on that after, I it think, did. Series 3. I think I gave up on it on Series 3 as well. Yeah, it was so just like, all oh, right, this is going to... We know we know when to go in. We know when to get out. <laughs> so yeah, Eurovision. But it was especially lovely for us because uh, my sister-in-law, who hadn't visited for a while because COVID, who loves oh, Eurovision, nice. came up to stay because she only had Eurovision was every year, and we have the scorecards out, and she's oh, visually nice. impaired. My sister-in-law, Hardcore. so we have to describe to her like the outfits and so she can vote on them. Oh. So this was wearing a dress, Sean. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's quite <laughs> blingy. She's moving around a bit. Oh, give them seven, she says. <laughs> It's the most one. It's about as arbitrary as the jury, really. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Some of those, I mean, some of those outfits you'd have required the entire song just to explain what the fuck was going on. A lot of ladies in leotards and thigh boots. They love that in Eastern Europe, don't they? Yeah, certainly do. Those was it the was it Serbia? The three the girls, three, the three all girls made out of who, candle wax. Who, yeah, who had the the most hair extent? I mean, <laughs> God knows how many poor orphans. Had and the wind machine for was those. playing havoc yeah. with it. It was Leonine, all of them. <laughs> incredible stuff. Anyway, speaking of incredible stuff, shall we get on to... Mm. Well, there was actually a European final this weekend of a it different was. sort. Not the one we <laughs> want to talk about, obviously. But, uh, it's all, but they always go hand in hand, don't they? Because well, yeah, they quite often true. go hand in hand. Because I've told the story before about how I fell asleep on my bed after the Munsters to lose one in 2009 <laughs> when I was supposed to be going to a Eurovision watch party. See, they're, they're really missing a trick here. 
Because you could play the game together. in the stadium, couldn't you? Then all the fans could stay, and then they just wheel the Eurovision in after the fucking song contest. I tell you what, who won it in the end? Oh, it's Italy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fucking do it in the San Siro next year. Have the European final in the San Siro, and then Zhuzhin Eurovision afterwards. Yeah, on a big mobile stage. It's not beyond the way. Yeah, yeah. in this day and age. Is Absolutely it? not. It isn't. Glorious, but there was that wonderful moment I, before we move off Eurovision. Please, everyone is thinking, but the, that brilliant moment when they announced the UK's public vote, and I fucking laughed my tits off because we got zero from the jury because they hate us, all of them yes. hate us. Understand? But you get it yes. from the jury. You thought, well, but maybe the voting public, a few of us, man, a few of them might have liked it. Anyway, so the person we go to the first vote vote is the country in last place, the United Kingdom, and they have got from the public. Pause. Zero points. <laughs> I was on. The, I, I, listened, you, I, I was listening I, on the I, radio banner because I was giving somebody a lift home. Ken Bruce was losing his shit on Radio Two. <laughs> let me tell you. See, I just laughed out loud. I found I that absolutely myself laughing. I mean, that weird sort of, you know, Mad Max like fucking kebab shop owner vibe. <laughs> That that guy had, it was just, I just. It didn't deserve a point. It was dreadful. John Newman's brother, I believe. Really? Yeah. Not so. He, and he's a, oh, okay. he's a successful producer and songwriter and shit. It he just did this for something to do. It's, I think it, it's the it's the ego and the hubris of man, isn't it? It's like well, he's made all this. Time he's there. Made, yes, but yeah, I suppose it's a laugh. But then he's he's gonna he's forever tarnished as a, a nil pointer, you know, and. I just think that, you know, he could have just never done this. Nobody would ever have known who he was, and he would still have done very well for himself. We should just have a laugh with this now. People should go and, like, fart 100%. into a watering can or something for two minutes. Yeah. We're going to get nil point anyway, so... That's the thing. It's, you know, Italy gets this shit. Finland got this shit. Do weird shit. Do really weird songs in genres that aren't obviously Eurovision, and you've got much more chance of picking them at points than just... Another yeah. forgettable Send a, fucking a scar ballad. metal band next year. Make that work. Italy somehow. did. Remember when Italy did that weird scar punk thing a couple of years ago? <laughs> I don't. I remember when Greece were all dressed like the Borg. Remember them that year? Like a rock song. Dressed like the Borg. Yeah, yeah. See, it adds it adds the colour and the pageantry of, of Eurovision. It does. Anyway, I'm Lee. Hello, mm. everyone. Hi. And over there is. I'm Josh. Hello, Hi. Josh. Hello. Uh, we you can get in touch with us if you want to share your Eurovision experiences or excitements or disappointments. <laughs> and why uh, wouldn't I'm you? at Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and Mud dot com. And what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner at Rocked underscore Mag. Uh, yeah, we're on Acast. We're on Apple. We're on Patreon dot com. Blood and Mud. Where you can get extra stuff for a little bit of wedge, you know, a little bit of support. If you fancy doing that, you're all wonderful people that do that. We've got no VIP members this week, Josh. Oh, it's finally happened. Finally. We've hit the limits, which is fair (laughs) enough. Absolutely. We thought we'd hit the limit a long time ago. A long time ago. ago. We're thankful for all of you who got in there, but really... I mean, the diminishing returns on the bios now. I'm surprised anybody's volunteering, but if you want to do it just to see how bad it can get, then please do. Absolutely. So yeah, patreon.com slash blood and mud. We're probably going to be doing, I know we've said it, but we are going to be having a lion schedule. We've talked about this today, haven't we? We have. Probably yeah. going to do midweek hot take 
episodes and previews and stuff, which will only be available to Patreon. So if you fancy a bit of that, then go along to patreon.com slash blood and mud. Big question from last week, Josh. Big question. Yes. Our listeners will demand mm. and want a, a driveway block paving weeds update. Oh, I'll tell you what. They, you know, I asked and the people, they responded as, as I knew they would, frankly. Um, and yeah, you know, it was, they, they've provided me with various combinations of things, what I can get around the house that will apparently kill him dead. The only issue is, apparently it needs to be a bit dry to properly do it. Otherwise, the the dew and the rainwater gets so in the, the way and stops it working. Is, is that yeah. our, our, our re-listeners took their time and effort to tell you how to deal with this, and you've not been asked to do it in the last seven days. That's, oh, what, I, that's I, all I mean, I'm I hearing. Done, I, I've, I've, bought the, I've bought the white wine vinegar. I've bought the Epsom salts. I already had the washing up liquid. <laughs> I've got all. I've got everything I need. I'm just. I'm just waiting for that. You know, couple of days of dryness over a weekend, and uh, and I'll be right out there with my little squirt, squirty bottle, squirting those little bastards like nobody's business. See, I've been using Roundup for ages, but apparently it's giving me cancer. Somebody in the Facebook yeah. group told me you get access to the Facebook Shit. group as a patron, obviously. You do. So <laughs> when you get weed killing tips, cancer. Yeah. So yeah, so still there. I did love my favorite one was that someone suggested you accidentally spill diesel all over your. Drive. Yes, I really enjoyed that as well. <laughs> it would have been a good one. I'm sure Think that would work. Street. Of course, yeah. it would. Yeah. So there you go. Mm. Well, I'm glad we've had a weeds update. So then we begin as we always begin with a player spotted, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, and Steve Langdon, a patron, messages us on the patron messaging service, and he messages us this. I was taking a class of students to the Kiwi equivalent of the Devon County Show field days for some careers programmes. Just picture that in your mind there. The New Zealand equivalent of the Devon County Show. Christ. Is it just bigger? I mean, you'd presume so. But then, I mean... What's a field day? Does it come from having a field day? Is that where that, that saying comes from? I'm guessing maybe it does. There's got to be some sort so of so many questions, there, surely. Honestly, loads. He said anyway. He continues to Steve. I, um, he's got a class of kids. Who do I see walking around in a in a moon boot? So wearing mm. moon boots, but mm-hmm. the then oh my moon boot as in all right, I'm with you. Walking around in a moon boot, but the then injured Damien McKenzie. I see. You mean as in as in a medical moon boot, oh. not the eighties. Waterproof snow accessory moon boot. <laughs> Although I'm loving the idea of Damien McKenzie in a pair of yeah. 80s uh, moon boots. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. So anyway, uh, I see the injured Damien McKenzie, give him a respectful nod and carried on rounding up kids to talk about horticulture in the Waikato. I bet they were well up Dude. for that, Steve. I bet that wasn't a hard no. sell at all. Spe- especially after they'd just seen Damien McKenzie. <laughs> <They> definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder if when you're out and you see Damien McKenzie, he gives you those eyes. You know mm. the eyes. The slow t- shouty Damien! And he gives yeah. you a slow eye turn. Yeah. <laughs> Kids all start crying. One of them wets himself. <laughs> It'd be fucking effective. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? It'd stop any autograph hunters, wouldn't it? Or don't. Absolutely. As if people nobody's, ever, nobody's, ever, nobody's ever got Damien McKenzie. I've shown my age there. I Selfie know. hunters. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing. Like... 
there's no like who whoever made autograph books back in the day must be on odd times now. Yeah, well, the weird. I was watching because you know I got roped. I was sat in the living room while Antiques Roadshow was on yesterday because mm-hmm. Mrs. Blood and Mud watches it, and uh, on Ms. Blood and Mud, as she'd probably like to be known. She um, <laughs> and it was on, and there was actually some guy. A lot of there's a lot more people turning up at Antiques Roadshow now. I've noticed who used to work in rock and roll and have lots of like old posters that are signed and stuff because the the market sure is getting mega now apparently. And there was a yeah. bloke who'd done um. And it was somebody who'd been a stunt man, that was it, and he'd worked with loads of people. Long story short, he had a load of Beatles autographs. Oof. And they were going like the three grand each, basically. Yeah. And somebody else had a postcard of a Warhol painting of Jagger that had been signed by Jagger and Warhol. They were like five grand a postcard, basically. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm coming to is how do you sell a selfie on the Antiques Roadshow of 40 years to come? It's fucking NFT, isn't it? <laughs> this is why they're trying to make this absolute fucking scam of a thing a thing because somebody's going to want to they're trying to make a way for selfies to be worth money that's my suspicion bitcoin selfies will it be like that they have to have like they have to be encoded or something because it has to be something Honestly. wouldn't it yeah there's got to be some well this is the thing they're trying to create artificial scarcity in some way and I guess the Who NF, knows? You know, NFT selfies, you know? I'm not sure why you'd want one, but... NFT, I just realised what NFT is. That's the non-fungible token. Fungible token, yeah. What does fungible mean? It's a great word, but what does it mean? Does it mean like I mean, you, it can't be destroyed. mimicked? Yeah, yeah, it can't <laughs> be replicated. So, non-fungal token. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's... The, I mean, I'm sure people will email us telling us why NFTs are actually great, but honestly, they seem like the biggest fucking scam in the history of scams. And the fact that people are already paying hundreds of thousands, if not millions. For I might start things. saying that in meetings with IT, having work. Just yeah. randomly going, is that, is, is that fungible? <laughs> <laughs> and see what they say. Because actually, even yeah. if it's out of context, he might still try and answer me. Yeah, maybe maybe this is the route to sort of, you know, Professional advancement, just slide the word fungible into any conversation. Because I'm very concerned about the fungibility of this. <laughs> Nobody want to question me. Yeah. Putting the fun in fungible. <laughs> Non-fungible anyway. funeral, yeah. Um, right, so, yeah, Damien McKenzie in the Ycats. Mm. Uh, yeah, we had another one of them on. Lovely stuff. On fucking Antiques Roadshow last night. One of them rocks up. You know, mm. where'd you get this painting from? Oh, well, my father paid £72 for it in 1924. (laughs) And he got to go, well, that's quite... When £72 was about 10 grand. Yeah, you could have bought half a Grimsby in 1924 (laughs) for £72. And what's it worth now? It's worth £50,000. Well, that's quite a return on investment, isn't it? No! It's worth exactly what it was worth when you bought it, you fucking bastard. Uh, my oh. dad was on the Antiques Roadshow last year. Was he? What does yeah. your dad collect? Uh, he doesn't collect anything. Already found but, something um, in, a, in a car boot. They're the has, acceptable ones. They're the good ones. He has something that was handed down to him from uh, my um, uncle. Who, right. Never mind uh, all work, that. Just used to work for Aston Martin. Let's cut to the chase. What was the number? Yeah. Uh, like 40 grand. 
but I don't think it's true. Woof. I don't, I is think that coming your way? <laughs> I mean, what, one day, theoretically, yes, but I don't think... I, 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 can't, I, don't, I don't believe it's true. I think it's all lies. Well, that, <laughs> plus your 1960s martial amp, ooh, you'll be fucking yeah. quids in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take that on Antiques Roadshow and we can complete the family set of being When will on they Antiques start Roadshow. rocking up, do you think? When will vintage guitars genuinely start turning up? The thing is, people know what they're worth, don't they? There's nothing secret about them in some ways. Unless no, you want to be a all, fucking all, bragger about it. I mean, they already have. You know, a 1960 Strat is easy 40 grand now, if it's in good nick. You know, that's a lot of money for something that was probably about 200 quid, you know, or $200 when it was new. And made by untrained people. Yeah. Like two days of, of training. Yeah, I was, was made by sort of Mexican folk who had been to, taught how to do a thing. To the <laughs> yeah, just find the wire okay around standard. there. Yeah, 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 just find the wire around there. He'll QA you for you, that. don't worry. Yeah. Very skilled people, undeniably, but, you know, it was mass production, and yet, a lot of money. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so you didn't get a, you didn't get a selfie, Steve, I see, with, with Damon. You left him to it with his moon boot on. Good for you. Good the, for you. The, the, the Waikato County, was it province show, stage show? What is it? I don't know. Something like it sounds that. a belter. I bet they know how mm. to do that in New Zealand. Hell yeah. Now then, that was the player spotted. Yes. Shall we do some news, Josh? I think we probably should, shouldn't we? I suppose the big news, which is, you know, to put a dampener on things really, is that uh, poor Theo Brophy Clues has had to retire. Cost yeah. Concussion. And Scott Otten as well. The Theo Brophy oh, Clues yeah. one just feels like quite... Because he, he made, you know, he was had been out for a, a little while with a head injury and then came back, I think he was in the game against Bristol a couple of months back. And played very well. And then got a head knock again, and now it's all over. And I mean, fucking hell, that's that's rough for somebody of 24, isn't it? The thing is, I'm not an advocate of the um, volcanic take merchants who take every injury and just present it as, as non-repudiate. Repudable? No, that's the wrong word. Don't know. In, <laughs> evidence you can't repudiate of that's why everything has to be head injury and stuff however because it isn't on itself on its own enough yeah. to do it but surely when you do see stuff like this it should give you a bit of pause Indeed. and you should just go and maybe I'll stop banging on about it now because and I, and I can't say this often enough really it's not really ruining the game it's ruining the afternoon of one player who gets sent off yeah, exactly. We'll come and to we'll this come later on. Obviously, we'll come to this we? later, but yeah, it's 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 enough to make you go fucking hell, you know. On the one hand, it's very sad for the Abrofi clues that he's had to retire this young. On the other hand, I'm really glad that rugby has come on enough that he's being advised at 24 not to carry on, and yeah. and then on the same thing, it should be a, a reminder that you know this is what can happen. You know, this is why we can't let up on this sort of stuff because it's, you know, yeah, it's still happening. You have to you know, create an environment still- where this is as minimal as possible, basically. Yeah. It's quite simple, really. It's, I mean, the thing is, it took me a while. I remember when this first came out, oh, me and you we shouting all, and screaming, saying you're going to ruin last-ditch tackles and a huge part of what the game is. And, of course, you fast-forward 12 months and you're like, well... No, it's just a little the bit world's, different. The world kept on turning, you know? It's like the sport changes, but it doesn't change so much that it's unrecognisable. And 
yeah, you know, it's... So a great, sh- you know, we could turn it into a political fucking rant, as everyone knows we can. But actually, oh, yes. but really, as you said, the main message is incredibly sad that, a, is he 24? The old yeah. bloke Has to go. And Scott Otten's, I mean, he's a bit longer than a tooth, but he's not old, is he, Scott? Yeah, no, he's 28, I think, something like that. But, uh, However, yeah, of no. course, he has got the coffee business to fall back on. He has got on, the coffee business, he? indeed. And he has got scoring one of the all-time great uh, disallowed hooker tries where he did that chip over the top and scored. And then somebody, I think it was Luke Pierce actually, chalked it off for another player having a marginal knock-on in the lead-up. And bearing in mind, Munster were like 29-3 up in the 60th minute at this point. And I'm Nigel still would have given I'll never it. forgive Luke Pierce for that. Nigel would have Absolutely given would have. Fucking he would have taken the Italy route. Italy um, last 20 minutes referee and Nigel yeah. would have done. Speaking of... Ret- <laughs> yeah, absolutely he would have. We were 28-3 down or whatever it was. Just fucking let him, let him score an absolute worldy try that he's going to tell his grandkids about. No, chalk it off, you mean-spirited fucking... Absolutely. Anyway, um, speaking of people who've retired but who actually want to retire, um, Kenki Fukuoka, uh, Japan winger, has mm. retired at 28 as well. Um after winning the top league final with the uh, Panasonic, whatever the hells they are. Wild uh, Knights. Wild Knights, indeed. Uh, to focus on his medical career, which is gloriously old school. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that he would have got offers to go and play in Europe, given what he did in the World Cup in 2019, because obviously he scored a try against Ireland. He scored two against Scotland. So he was basically the beating heart of two of the biggest moments in Japanese rugby history, but fair play to him. Enjoy your incredibly stressful and demanding retirement in medicine, pal. (laughs) Enjoy the PPE you'll be wearing for the next two years. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, is he actually doing it or is he saying he's doing it and then coming back three months later like Jamie Roberts saying, I'm not going to bother being a doctor because that looks like really (laughs) fucking hard graft, by the way. Yeah, and then I'm going to go and do a management master's because I've realised that actually doctoring is a fucking (laughs) hard job. I am not into it. I mean, literally, you've got people's lives in your hands. Literally, every single day. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other news? Uh, what, Antoine Dupont, speaking uh, yeah. of people with a massive fucking head, he's just won um, <laughs> European Player of the Year. Yeah, which would be a blow to all those Sam Stimmons stands who enjoy pointing out that he's reigning European Player of the Year, as if somehow that matters when we're talking about Test Rugby. Um <laughs> It's a weird one, though, because for large parts of this season, Antoine Dupont has played a lot more like Antoine de Caen. But, <laughs> oh, um... very good. <laughs> Hello. Um, Rapido version or Euro Trash version? <laughs> oh, Euro Trash version. Of course. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when, like two or three years ago, Antoine de Caen um, did the... Top 14 Player of the Year awards. No, I do not. Uh, but if it's on YouTube, he, I shall be looking. Uh, it's it's quite a thing. It's the top... Yeah, I think it was the top 14 awards or something like that. And I think he might have presented it naked. Let's have a look. Beautiful. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's not been... Yes, he presented... Uh, he presented Victor Vito with the top 14 Player of the Season wearing nothing but a rugby ball. <laughs> And he's entirely oiled and hairless. Amazing. I mean, you've got to hand it to him. I tell you what, Antoine, for a man who looked like he was in his 40s in the 90s... Uh, See, I keep coming like... a cropper on this, right? 
people yeah. who in the 90s look like they're in the 40s and I watch them now in the 90s and I go, fucking hell, they look young because I am now in <laughs> I mean, my there, 40s. There is that, there is that. But for a man who's got to be in his late 50s, mm. he's in very good nick. And I mean, you can, you know, top to bottom, you can see he's in trim shape. But, <laughs> but he's well. six, holy fuck. Do you know how old Antoine de Corn is? I, that's, well, I could, I'm trying to think. He must have been in his 30s in the 90s, so he must be knocking on for 60. He is 67 years old. Yes. And he is in fucking great nick. He is aged like a fine wine. Good for him. Unlike everyone on Eurotrash. I'd be getting my fucking clacker out at 67 if I looked Absolutely. in good nick. Honest, genuinely, if I looked like Artan de Condes at what must have been then 65... I'd never put any clothes on. <laughs> Not even a singlet would touch your flesh. <laughs> no, ind- indeed, it'd be a, it'd be a waste for a singlet. In fact, I'm going to just uh, just drop this into the chat. Honestly, this was him two years ago. I mean, have a look. Man alive! Seriously, honestly, Fucking... that is that is like he looks a bit like David Tennant. He's he's got abs. He's in very, and he is properly oiled you know, up. He's got, he's got that thing that really ripped people have, where your sort of stomach muscles sort of go in around your yeah. abs, and you have that like V shape by your pelvis. Yeah, and all yeah, that. yeah. I mean, he looks like post lockdown Jiffy. Do you know when I mean? Jiffy suddenly emerged as an action man <laughs> character after lockdown? <laughs> yeah, although in the, I, th- I think Antoine's probably aged a lot better than than Jiffy has. I bet be Antoine's opinions have aged a lot better than Jiffy has. I, also, yeah. <laughs> he's at it again on Twitter this week, Ellie. I've not seen it. Somebody told me I've, he's been ranting and raving again about something. I've, I've had to, to mute poor Jiffy. <laughs> yes, anyway. I'm Liam asking about top 14 viewership figures anymore. <laughs> anyway, yes. So, Antoine Dupont, um, European uh, Player uh, of the Year, after yes. an odd, after not, an odd season. Not, yeah, not his best season, but I mean, you know, he was probably, he's the most famous player on the best team, so fair enough, I guess. And first French person to win. Mad, M- that. The men's one, I think, anyway. Really yeah. mad. I mean, obviously, players at French teams have won it, but they've usually mm. been, you know, like... Uh, Your Kiwis of this world. Yeah, Kiwi, or uh, well, what's his face? Uh, Toulon flanker won it. Stefan oh. Armitage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah, very strange. But yeah, fair play to him. You know, he played well on Saturday, sort of. He did actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is a big game player, isn't he? He is. Or he, and even if he's not playing that well, he does something big game in it. <laughs> he does, and he did. Like whether it's a tackle or whether it's just a sort of an offload or something. Yeah, we'll he's done something. Yes. Uh, uh, Any more news? Mike Brown is is appalling, appealing. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I he's got a big brass neck to go with that big bald head of his, isn't he? When I was a union rep, right, and somebody would get sacked, yeah, I'd say you might as well appeal because the risk with appealing is that the ruling gets worse. But if you're already yeah. if you're already basically <laughs> your season's sacked. fucking over, you might as well just appeal. <laughs> it doesn't look great, but you might as well. Yeah, like the lad I who uh, told who told a customer to fuck off on a call centre. <laughs> and got sacked. And when I said, why did you do that? He said, I wasn't talking to him. I was talking to the knobhead who sits across from me. I was like, well, that's not a defence I want to go in there with. I'll be honest. It's not a great opening (laughs) gambit. I remember in my, in a a several times old job, um, somebody got, 
uh, effectively disciplinaried for stealing thousands of pounds worth of stuff on the That spot. sounds like a disciplinary offence, it must be said. <laughs> so, indeed, yeah. Um, but he sort of didn't, he wasn't a, a union rep, but he spoke to, he wasn't a union member, but he got his colleague who was a union rep to get the NUJ lawyer in to basically kind of... That's a disgrace. Claiming so unfair anybody, who, like, oh, anybody who joins a union in good faith, that's a disgrace. That's absolutely, it's it's a travesty. But anyway, um, and he basically got the you know he got the NUJ lawyer to come down from London or whatever to go into this disciplinary meeting, and they sat down and they sort of explained everything that he'd done and the email trail that they had of all of these things that he'd sold and the eBay records of all of these things that they'd sold and the testimony from the shops that he'd fenced stuff at. <laughs> and sort of, the lawyer just took one look at it, it was in there five minutes, and turned to him and went, what? why am I here? And just got, got up and walked out. Imagine, is that like when um, Bob Mortimer went to represent Jarvis Cocker after he invaded Michael Jackson's state? <laughs> yes. Because I'm a lawyer, I'll come out here. He walked in, there's about 17 LA Jackson lawyers stood there. And Bob was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. But even yeah. more bang to rights. Anyway, I, had one, I, yeah. Yeah, I had one bloke who could not turn up to work on time and worked in a call centre. And when, and his most latest being late was, he lived like five minutes walk around the corner from the office. And they said, Those why are you late? Why are you late this time? And he said, it's been snowing and there was slush on the floor. So that's why I was late. It's like, do you want me to, this is your second written warning. You really want me to go in there with that? Please just resign now. It's a bit slushy out. <laughs> you know, well, you couldn't have left 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. You know, yeah, just, just shuffle. That's not a reasonable thing to go in with. Oh. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, so that's Mike. So Mike Brown, it's not, I don't think he's going to get very far because it is quite damning. But uh, No, it seems like what you would class as a textbook frivolous appeal. So, yes. uh uh, in other news, uh, the mm. Reds, who got, I think it's fairly safe to say, a fucking tonking at the weekend yes. of the Crusaders, uh, are having an honesty session. That's nice. They're going to sort it out. Honestly. Not literally, shit. yeah. Honestly. honestly, that was shit, lad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, come on. I worry about how that might spiral out of control, though. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. start with saying, I, I, I think you're holding your run a bit too long. And it can't be long before it gets to, well, I think your wife's a fucking stupid cow. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I've never liked you in tapered jeans. There you go. We're going down that road. Yeah, these things can get out of hand pretty fucking quickly. Nobody fucking likes your bus playlist. Stop putting it on. Et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) Et cetera, indeed. Yeah, so there you go. Any more news? Hmm. Uh, yeah, CJ Sanders revealed a bit more about why he retired, which I thought was quite interesting. He appeared on TV in Ireland on the Late Late Show uh, the other night and actually spoke properly about the reasons for why he called it a day early as opposed to his sort of previous, I couldn't be fucking arsed with all this excuse that he <laughs> gave before, which I level with you, I respect it unrelated to. You know to. what, I'd have left, I'd loved it if he just left it like that, to be honest. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, so what he said is actually quite poignant and quite touching. Uh, he said, uh, I'm not going to do the accent. Um, you've all heard my Razzie. You don't need me to do the accent. Uh, I was in South Africa during the lockdown. I got an opportunity to go back and spend time with my family and realise what is important for me. Took stock of where I want to be in a few years. 
our daughter, Everly, having her there and seeing how she interacted with the grandparents. I went to my grandparents' grave and I stood there and I thought, I missed their funerals. But that was not the problem. The problem I was struggling with was that I missed the last nine or ten years of their lives. That was tough, very tough. And I said to Jean-Marie, my wife, that I don't want to take that opportunity away from Everly at all. Oof. Big oof. Yes, nobody can deny that, can they? Yeah, I mean... Well, you wouldn't anyway. He's fucking up to win whatever he wants to do. No, indeed. However, given that CJ said in that very same interview that he thinks physically he's probably got another seven years of playing in his body... (laughs) Uh, if I was a That's South African very pro- specific. I love yeah. that. <laughs> not five, not ten, nope, no, seven. seven years. But if I was a South African Pro 16 team, I would let him have a year or so to get, get the itch bored. again. And then I'd come to his house with a big check and say, fancy it? Yeah. And I think yeah. he'd probably say yes. He'd I think we'll see. I think we'll see CJ Stander again. Didn't he ask? Didn't he ask on the late show? Didn't they ask him about what people saying about he wasn't really committed to Ireland? That he was like almost yeah. crying before he started yeah, speaking. Yeah, that was he... fucking horrendous. It was. It's. It's worth watching that whole interview. But yeah, his take on all of the people who've basically sort of spent the last six or seven years pointing out that he's not really Irish. Uh, get fucked. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> Just take people at the word. It's fine. Right. Well, is it? Uh, okay. Any more news? Uh, no, I think that's 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 new. Oh, uh, Alex Cuthbert is uh, oh, yes. signing for the Ospreys apparently. Oh, I thought nice. it was a Blues. No, that uh, that the headline said Blues, and then the of the rugby paper article, which is very funny. The headline said Blues, but the actual article said Ospreys. I bet that went down very well. I bet that went down very well. certain contingent of I mean, of I mean the, blues don't, the Blues don't exist anymore, so, you know. Yeah, it's true, actually. You can't sign yeah. for a You can't sign for, can't a, see for, for a team that doesn't fucking exist. But yeah, he's had a hell of a time at Exeter. He's been constantly injured, but when he's been fit for Exeter, he's yeah, been he's very, played, very good. He's played well, hasn't he, yeah? Well, he's he was never, well this, I mean, you know, we, season, we jested, but he was never that terrible yes. a player, was he? No, he, he was always extreme. He was always very good for Cardiff. He had an absolute nightmare at test level around 2015, 2016. But, you know. It's, his confidence went, didn't it, I think, clearly. Yeah, it and it's did. that terrible thing when you're a winger, that when you're not scoring, all people notice is everything else. <laughs> it's very true. And and and, yeah. and your everything else might be just as kind of middling as it was before, but because the scoring's gone... It just comes into sharp focus that your position isn't great and you're maybe not as quick covering as you mm. should be and things like that, really. Yeah. So, you know, he's 31. He's, you know, unlikely to get any more Welsh caps, but the Ospreys have only literally only got one outside back that can be considered the appropriate size for a winger, who's George North, who's obviously not going to be on a rugby field anyway time for the next year. So having a, you know, hopefully past his injury problems, big bloke to stick on the wing is quite useful. We like, in this podcast, Josh, we like people to send us these now You're So Club 15s. Oh, we do, don't we? We've had a lot of them sent through. So we've got another one, and somebody suggested a Wales one. I think we might have had a Wales one before, but we're going to go with it again. This is the the great thing about You're So Club 15s, is that there's infinite variety and infinite permutations. Think about it. Most people don't play international rugby in any meaningful way. So, you know, you can have loads of You're So Club. So, You're So Club Wales version. Ethan Banfield sends this in. Thank you, Ethan, for taking the time for pulling this together. 
it's some crackers in here as well. It must be said. Even a couple that I don't really remember, but I'm going to be relying on you to remember them maybe, Josh. Particularly the scrum half. I'll try my best. Honest to God, I have got very little memory of this scrum half. And when I look at his, well, yeah, the journeyman nature of his career is probably why. Uh, I'll leave you to ponder on that as we go through the rest of it. He he Mm. has obviously, I'll give you some clues. Well, tell you what, I'll give you his career path, this scrum half, and you can see if you can identify him before we come back. Okay. okay? Hit me. Starting in 2004, so Neath, Ospreys, Scarlets, Northampton, of course, Bath, Ospreys again, Bristol, Exeter, Wales Sevens, and three caps for Wales. Scrum half. Oh. Now, I'll leave you to ponder on that one, ah. including new listeners out there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll start off with the props. Avion Lewis, Rob, don't be typing it in. I can see what you're doing. No, I'm, I'm, t- I'm trying to. I've got, I've got. I know who this player is. I know. I know him. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think of his face. So I'm googling pictures of Wales scrum halves to make the name come into my head. All right. Anyway, okay. Avion Lewis Roberts is at loose end. Obviously, absolutely. Sail sharks. Toulon. Forgotten yes, that little I episode. I remember that. That's amazing. <laughs> Avion Lewis Roberts did Salon in 2011. Played 34 times. Fair play. He wasn't going there for, you know, wasn't going there for the eclairs. He was there no. for the... Fair play to him. They like a scrummaging prop in France as well, don't they? Let's face it. Back at Sail Sharks, one word, solitary Wales cap in 2008. <laughs> from Denby in North Wales. I think get extra points for wow. being from North Wales in the Yorkshire Club. I think, I think you do, yeah. Uh, scrum half, sorry, I'm obsessed with the scrum half, it's on the brain, no, hooker, <laughs> Gareth J. Williams, Bridge N. Ravens, Cardiff Blues and nine caps for Wales, struggling Oof. to remember him. Yeah, fair play, I, 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 he's, I don't know who he is, I genuinely don't know who he is. Tight head, Craig Mitchell. Yes. Absolutely. 52 caps for Neath, 35 for the Ospreys, 37 for Exeter, Pontypreeth, 9 for Cardiff. Played for Newport as well. Nearly had the full set there. Exactly. And a Newcastle Falcon as recent as 2018. Wow. Number four, which is a fucking blinder, second mm-hmm. row. Will James. Oh, great set. Pontypool, yes. Cornish Pirates, Gloucester Rugby and Wales. And lest we forget... See, I don't know whether this disqualifies him, right? But all four <laughs> of his Wales caps came in a World Cup. Yeah, he went. He went to the Rugby World Cup instead of Ian Goff, which was, I mean, just which a, I think real... might disqualify you, even though it is also because it's Will James, the <laughs> most also club thing in the world. I know. Do you know what Will James is currently doing? I don't know. Stealing a living like he was then. He's probably he's currently head of rugby sports development and performance at Ampleforth College, a public school in North Yorkshire. Yes, that's where Brian Ashton worked for a while. Oh, really? Ampleforth College. Yeah, they just like bald people. (laughs) Clearly, but yeah, see, yeah, it's a good shout. Ethan, it really is, but I'm, I'm wondering really whether is. he could be disqualified for having a, a World Cup only international career. <laughs> but I think it's it's he's allowed because it was such an ignominious, you know, terrible World Cup. You know, he's and, part. He might have only had four caps, but they were four caps caps at the real nadir of Welsh rugby in the modern era. And only selected ahead of Ian Goth because he played in the English Premiership. I think basically 100%. that was the top and yes. bottom of it. Yeah. 
Number five, Ollie Cohn. Oh, yes. I mean, that's a very, very dubious Wales Yossa Club 15 because he, I don't think he ever, he, he, the he first time cap. he ever came to fucking, first time he ever fucking came to Cardiff was when he was running out in a Wales shirt in that fucking game. <laughs> yeah, Bristol, Plymouth Albion, Bristol and Harlequins. One game in 2013. Those were, that was a rough moment as well, by the way. Just His grandfather was from Wales or something, wasn't was he? It was I don't proper. know. I don't, I don't it was, I remember it because it was proper. He's a Bristolian boy through and through. But like his whole fucking thing was just Wales were on their arse with locks. And Gatland looked at him and thought, I'll have, have a, a look. I'll have a squint at this. Yeah, I'll have a look at this. He's a big old blo- you know. He's, he what, he's six foot seven and twenty one stone or something like that. It was fucking massive. And Gatlin went, oh, I, can, I could maybe work with that. <laughs> and then he came on in the second half against was it against Ireland, I think. And that was the absolute end of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> number six. Oh, another North Wales at number six. Rob McCusker. Yeah. Started at Mould, went to Clenetley, then Scarlets, London Irish, Ospreys, Medical Joker, then Extension. Medical Joker that became a three year career at the Ospreys. Yeah, he sort of turned up and everyone went, Oh, he's rock solid, isn't he? And he was. He's yeah, fucking... completely solid. Six Wales yeah. caps. About right, I'd say. I'd say about right, yeah. Bang on. Yeah. Him and Turnbull are of an ilk. Mm-hmm. Turnbull's he not is, in this one. In many ways, Rob McCusker was. And they played in the same Scarlets team on is numerous Josh, occasions, didn't they? Is it because Josh Turnbull's got too many caps? He probably has, depressingly. Because Turnbull I mean, was at the Scarlets, wasn't he, before Cardiff? Yeah, yeah. Scott, he played 100 caps for Scarlets, 100 caps for the Blues. Yeah. Him and McCusker were... So he's he's got Scarlet's 10 caps there. for Wales. I think that's maybe slightly too many. Who, Turnbull? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Number seven, open side mm. franker, Sam Cross. Ebu Vale, Cardiff Met, Newport, 31 for the Ospreys, Wales Sevens, GB Sevens. He's still, you know, Olympic silver medalist. Yeah. Two caps for Wales. But the the fashion in which he got his two caps for Wales are extremely also club, though, because he had that. He'd been signed by the Ospreys in the summer Mm -hmm. and had barely had a run out because he was primarily a Sevens player. And the Ospreys were on the bones of their ass with injuries, and they had to go to Saracens in the Heineken Cup. And it was that game where they still lost, but they oh scored. Oh God! About, yeah, 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 yeah. They scored about forty points, and Sam Cross was everywhere, and was basically just like, "Well, fuck it, lads, I'm going to play sevens then." And just Gatland looked at him and went, "He's large and quick." And <laughs> Let's have a six, squint at this. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> he's, he's six foot three and sixteen stone. Let's, let's call him up for the autumn and see what happens. And he had a couple of caps. I, I don't even remember who they were against, but they were in an autumn. And he never went near a whale squad again. Yeah, and right, to be honest, quite rightly so. Number eight. A lot of ospreys mm. in here, Josh. I have to say. Well, number eight, Dan Baker. Swansea yeah. All Whites, 36 caps, 86 appearances for the Ospreys, Stade Montois, and the Dragons. Very the Dragons now. Three yeah, he just, signed, he's just signed a new deal with the Dragons, actually. He came in as a, a medical joker from 
he had horrible luck. I really thought he could be like a factor for Wales at number eight because he's such a powerful carrier. Mm. But then he just got injured to fuck. I think he got injured to fuck on his first Wales appearance, which is, you know, classic. <laughs> You're so club option, isn't it? Yeah, because sometimes it's not your fault you're your so club. You just get, you know, you just get bad luck. James Simpson Daniels, you're so club in England, despite being a spectacularly talented lad. Nick Abendanen, he's your so club, despite being a spectacularly. Anyway, we're talking about Wales now, aren't we? God, I turned into fucking John Inverdale there. Um, (laughs) Dan Baker made his Wales debut on that Wales tour to Japan in 2013, the tour of me. which, yeah. Oof. Oof. We've we've reached the the scrum half point in proceedings, Josh. Have you put your is finger Warren, on it yet? Is it Warren Fury? It is not Warren Fury. He oh. played for Newcastle. It is, and I don't remember this person at all. Right, Martin yeah. Roberts. I remember Martin Roberts. <laughs> yes, God, it is. Oh, absolutely adequate. <laughs> <laughs> Three caps Martin for Roberts. Wales in two thousand and eight nine. That would have been the beginning of the Gatland era, wouldn't it? Yeah. Martin Roberts, not even the most famous. He's not got a Grand Martin Slam Roberts. medal, has he? I don't think so. Martin Roberts, of course, not even the most famous Martin Roberts because that's the bloke who presents Homer's under the hammer. <laughs> so it's a bit unusual, but I like it. He's from. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember Martin Roberts because he's from my neck of the woods. Oh yeah, I said I think he's, Neath, an Aber- he's, caps, an caps. he's an Aberdeer boy. He's an Aberdeer boy. Scarlets, Northampton. Did so many of them go through Northampton? Yeah, six. And to be honest with you, Northampton the most settled period of his career. He was there two thousand fifty nine appearances. Yeah. You know, aside from seventy two appearances for the Scarlets, he was you know season at Bath basically. as well. Yeah, twenty two appearances. That's a proper like you know, it's a he proper is, run out. Of like that. his his journeyman score is very good. Yes, that's true. I would say he never stayed anywhere very long. Speaking of journeyman scores, number ten. Nicky Robinson. Mm. Oh, now. Cardiff, See, I think Cardiff, that's... Gloucester, Bristol, Oyana, Cardiff again, 13 caps for Wales. I think that, I think Nicky Robinson's got too many caps to be a... That's true. You're so club. Also, Nicky Robinson was a fucking good player. I just, I think he's too good to be a you're so club. He was really, in his Cardiff pomp, and also for Gloucester and Wasps, he was really fucking good. Who was his brother, the centre? That Jamie? Uh, Jamie, yeah. yeah. Who was also good. But More again, talented than Nicky in, from memory. But again, didn't quite come off, did it? Yeah, he got about 20 caps. Jamie did. Mm. Um, he was a hard... He, had the, he was cursed with being behind Tom Shanklin a lot. Mm. Um, but again, very good player. He went to Toulon, but I think he went to Toulon before it was cool. <laughs> He's got the original tour T-shirt. In the same way, Nicky Robinson went to Oyanar, but he went to Oyanar before it was trendy to go to Oyanar. Uh, I tell you, I, I remember the other day. Who? You absolutely should be in any um, you're so club fifteen for uh, an English player. It's Joel Abd. Oh yes, that is a good shout. Do you remember? I tell you what, he's currently a coach at Cast. Joel Abbs, isn't it? No, I didn't know that. He ended up in France. Yeah. There's also loads of English anyway. also club ones, and they're even more club, not because they didn't really get caps, but they were touted that they really should have had caps. 
Mm. But only for about six months because they look decent for a small period of time. Marcel yeah. Garvey is the classic example. Oh, 100%. Of that. Oh, Joe Abdright, look at this for a career path. Bath. Yeah. Caffilly. Bristol for 102 appearances. Toulon for 55 appearances. Again, before it was cool. And then finished his career at Oyana. Could Toulon be the Northampton of France in terms of your so club for I a period? I genuinely think they might be. Because they signed everyone who was half decent. <laughs> yes, that's true. And if you were a Wales player or an Irish player or something like that, and you weren't, and you were on the fringes of the international, but you were a good club level player, Toulon would probably overpay you. And what? And of course, and not what we pay know, you. I was going to say what we know about Bujalal's approach to contracts. <laughs> he could sign as many people as he wanted and just flirt them off six months later. So. Somebody posted a sort of team sheet from the first Champions Heineken Cup that Toulon wore. Uh, one rather earlier on Twitter and they were like look at this team and it's like and he's like yeah you can look at that team and you can think everybody there bar Backy's butter didn't fucking get paid (laughs) (laughs) like Johnny Wilkinson Matt Gitto Drew Mitchell it's like yeah none of them got fucking paid all of them just got loads of emails from Murad saying well I've definitely sent it have you checked your bank details were right yeah yeah. Can you just refresh it? Have another look. Yeah. Right. Into the three yes. quarter line now. Uh Wing mm. Aled Brew, of course, our Lord and Saviour. Yes. Uh number twelve. Oh, it's an all Ospreys uh midfield, Josh. All Ospreys midfield, really, you are so club. Who is it? Who's twelve and thirteen? All Ospreys, you're so club midfield. Uh is it is it the bishops? No, it isn't. No, that's a fucking brilliant shout, by the way. But no, it's not. Of course it is. Andrew and David Bishop absolutely should be. If it's not Andrew, if Andrew Bishop isn't one of those, you fucked it. Sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, number twelve. It's Ashley Beck. Yeah. Oh, see, seven caps players. for Wales. Too classy to be a fucking you're so club player. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it was a very good player. Thirteen, Jonathan Spratt. What? What I'm more yeah. distressed about in in this information here is that Jonathan Spratt's got four caps for Wales I mean bless him but four caps there were there were times when Warren Gatlin was trying to test out Wales's depth (laughs) and it was found wanting (laughs) what I love about Spratt's career is it's four caps over four years so it's almost like it's like Gatlin kick going should we see if he's got any better? Do you, do you want to, yeah. shall, we, shall we bring him back? <laughs> we've, we've given you a list of things to go and work on. <laughs> yes. And then he got, let's see if he works out. Yeah. yeah. No, didn't get any better. No. Gave up in 2013. <laughs> Number 14, Tom Pridey, oh, of course. Oh, bless him. The, the, uh, the fetus yeah. on the wing. And then fullback, an interesting choice at fullback rather yeah. than wing, I think. Uh, Chris Chekai. Yeah, he did play. I, think, I mean, he, he was play playing at fullback full for Wales when his career was horrifically ended or horrifically mainly Bless ended. Him. Nine caps for uh, nine Wales caps. Still playing for Merthyr in twenty twenty. Fair play to him. He was a good player, really. Yeah, he he was like he, fair play to him. I said, you know, his career was ended, but it was over for a very long time. But then he came back and played. You know, at a relatively decent level. I think his wife's very vocal on Twitter. I think he went to. A lot of people, a lot she of like is. other pros retweet his misses. Yes. But uh, yeah, he was a really good player in his day and she was very vocal about how head injuries had fucked him up. Ah, that's probably why I've seen her being retweeted. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and how his club in France at the time did absolutely fuck all to it about it, which, uh, I mean, who's shocked? Because that story was Shantae and Harper, isn't it? Read it? He was one of the first ones that came out and said, I basically am oh, borderline Jesus. learning disabled, didn't he? Um, and it's that story yeah. where when he was, what French club was he at towards the end? When he said he, Fabian Galtier was screaming at him for lying on a rook. And he said, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I, I didn't have the heart to stop and say, I don't remember or know anything that you're talking about. Because the reason I was lying on a rook is because I was just basically knocked out cold. Because every time he got tackled, pretty much, he just went unconscious. In the back end of his yeah. career, yeah, it was Montpellier. He was at yeah because somebody somebody put like pointed that out about how it sort of showed what a sort of hard taskmaster Galtier is and <laughs> like, but it's like no, you were you were screaming at a man that was brain injured so many concur- <laughs> yeah, it was horrendously brain injured and you just didn't give a shit. Well, people with brain injured, like, Josh, you, know, you just need to shout some sense into them. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Simple as that. It's a rugby. It's the rugby way. Yeah, terrible. Um, yeah, Harpe remains one of the sort of most horrendous sort of examples of what happened. With and that was quite a long time ago now. I think it he was, came he out. Retired he came out with his yeah his piece in twenty twelve, I think, or thirteen, just after he retired. Yeah, yeah. I think that was they probably the brain rugby league. I bet where I yeah. I think that was the moment where I realised he, like, that the concussion was not something we could ignore any longer and we had to start talking about it, I think, was reading that Mm. and going. But as you say, he had the sort of double fucking whammy of playing a lot of NRL, a lot of Super League, (laughs) and then coming over to Bath and London Irish and playing fucking, and then playing in France and test level. You know, his body took a lot of fucking... That is a lot of pasty to put your head through, isn't it? Yeah. Especially as this was rugby league in the era where it was actively encouraged to twat someone in the head at any opportunity. Which is I wouldn't know, say it was actually just recently I wouldn't say it was actively encouraged, but I wouldn't say it was discouraged either. <laughs> anyway, they performed. They've just started discouraging it, to be fair. They have. They've decided that it might be worth having at least having a conversation about it, yeah. <laughs> Right then, that's the end of the... Thank you, Ethan, for that You're So Club nomination. A trip down memory lane, even for the people I couldn't remember. So, Indeed. Now, shall mm. we talk about the weekend? I think we probably should, yeah. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. 
Right, so that was the weekend. We'll do shit good now and welcome back our non-patrons. Mm. Hello, everybody. Um, now then, should we do... Have you got any shits? Oh, have I? Oh, have I? Um, Nick Mullins. <laughs> well, we've already I gone there a bit, haven't we? He's reached that Eddie Butler plane now where every sort of recycled florid metaphor that comes out of his mouth just makes me want to hoof my TV into the sun. <laughs> Like, it's just so... I can't hear him talk about piano movers and piano players anymore. It's so boring. that I don't know if it's just because I've watched a lot of beat of rugby this year, but fuck me. It's always the same jokes. And because he's everywhere, because he's in the Six Nations and he's in the Premiership and he's in the Champions Cup, I just can't get away from him. And I'm so sick of hearing his fucking shtick, man. I read an interview. Like, he seems like a very nice bloke. A very like. nice man. And, and he obviously loves rugby and wants it to be popular. And that's to be, you know, applauded. Um, but I read an interview with him. I, I heard an interview with him once when he was saying that he didn't like it when commentators editorialised. That wasn't their job. They should be there to observe. That's what Austin Healy's there for or Ben Kay's there for to editorialise. And yet, what frustrates you most about is he does actually editorialise all the time constantly. by saying how everything is fucking amazing. Yeah. That's what annoys me. It's like, fine, constantly. don't slag people off. That's fine. Just be neutral about it then. Don't be floridly overexcited about how fucking he's, wonderful yeah, everything is all the time. He's constantly peddling a narrative that just bores the fucking piss out of me <laughs> because it's always the same narrative. I can't do it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's hard to keep inventing Absolutely. good things to say on the hoof. The amount, in of, live work, the amount but... of work he gets between Champions Cup Premiership and Six Nations, of course he's recycling material. But, God, it's hard to listen to if you listen to it every week. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin M gets in touch. She says shit is Finn's fashion sense. Oh, my God, those trousers. Uh, yeah, I've seen this picture, yeah. On the flip side, though, Alex, Alex says that. He likes that Finn Russell gives zero fucks and turns up at the Monaco Grand Prix in cargo pants. Cargo pants cuffed at the high ankle. Thank you very much. <laughs> Low slung as well. Yeah. Genuinely, Low though, people have said, oh, it means he doesn't give a fuck. Nah. No, I don't think so. High, I think that's He thinks he's at the height choice. of fucking fashion there. That's some cutting edge. That's like fucking Beckham in the sarong in his mind. It is. He's trying to be that guy and... Oh, I tell you, it's a bad look. It's a real bad look. It is. I see it quite a lot in the town where I live, and I live in a bit of a crap hole because <laughs> that's what people on the street wear. Yeah. Stop appropriating I mean, maybe... the clothes of fucking normal people and trying to make it trendy. <laughs> now. Yeah. Fair play. But yeah. You know, you got you know, if he's going to the Monaco Grand Prix, I suppose if you I'm loving the fact yeah. you've got a fucking rugby union player knocking around the Monaco Grand Prix though. You gotta like that, haven't yeah. you? You know, that's not that that's not a Scottish one yeah. at that. Sorry, Scotland yeah. fans, you don't expect that much, do you? You don't expect to no, see you that don't. much. No. Have you got any more shit? Oh, have I? Um I've got one more anyway. Um <laughs> You fucking oversold that. Willie John <laughs> Willie John McBride having opinions on the Lions. Willie John McBride's or, opinions can fuck off, basically, about honestly, these days. Invariably, he just talks a load of shite that demonstrates he's about as in touch with modern rugby as I am about whatever's going on in Glow Up Britain's Next Makeup Star. I might be tangentially aware of what's going on and understand the concept, but in terms of actually what's occurring, just don't ask me. No. 
Like he I said, don't even this know week what contouring that, is. No, he said this week that the concept of the Lions has been destroyed because there won't be any Who fans. Who by this, this time? time? Who's done uh, it this uh, time? By by the Lions. The Lions have destroyed it by not having fans. Destroyed themselves. Um, that's an interesting. That's yeah. an interesting angle. Which, Normally which it's, is in, it's uh, other people. Yeah. yeah, it's an opinion he's allowed to hold. Uh, it's total bollocks. But you know, fair enough. You know, it will suck that there won't be fans on tour, but the whole concept of the Lions going back to 1888 was always about making money from the start. So I don't know why he thinks that in these extremely weird and unique times that this is somehow the last straw. If you are a patron... Oh, they should postpone it or cancel it. If you are a patron, you you will have already heard the History of the British Lions episode with Tony Mm. Collins, and we actually made it publicly available for Lions season, for anybody who isn't a page, you can kind of, one, you can see the kind of stuff we're doing in rugby history. Check but if you out. want the full fucking story of how everyone was mortally embarrassed by the British Lions for at least the first 20 years of its life, then please go and have a listen because it Easy. is actually genuinely fucking interesting. And the fact they're claiming all this wonderful heritage now is a fucking laughable because literally they all <laughs> hated it when it started and it was seen as uncouth yes. and awful. Indeed. But I just think, especially William Bryant, being a player, you know, he should understand, like, what what Sam Warburton said about it a few weeks back, which was just like, if you cancelled that tour, it would basically rob an entire generation of players of the moment that their entire career has been geared towards and they probably never get another chance at it. And. Yes. But yeah, sure, Willie. Like, throw the whole thing in the fucking bin because you think it's not as good with fans there. It's like nobody thinks it's as good without fans there. But it's the best we can fucking do. But Just again, you know, it's the, it's the old man yells at cloud stuff, and it's been going on for so yeah, long. I mean, we do it a bit, but I mean, he's really he's like fucking yeah. Lurch and the Adams he's a family. Genuinely, old man. But it's um, it's like it seems like every couple of weeks somebody asks either him or Jim Telford to say something negative about the Lions, and they absolutely oblige. And I'm just bored of it, man. But how many it's it plays into this headline stuff that happens everywhere now, which is somebody says something about something, and that's the headline, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Justin Marshall's tip to replace tip for the new all black ten jersey or something. Yeah. Or there's just so much of it all the time. Richie McCaw delivers it, verdict on this. And then yeah, you've actually got to read what his verdict is. So it's just rug, another example of rugby pass. And Wales Online are extremely bad for both of those things. By the yeah. way, God, they don't help anyone. See, no Willie John McBride con- says Lions are ruined or whatever, you know. Yeah. The four reasons Willie John McBride says that the Lions are like having a shit or something. Do you know what I mean? It's- <sighs> yeah. It's, yeah, in the bin with it all. What else we got this shit here? Andy Bradshaw gets in touch. He said, shit, is Leicester losing by one sodding point? He said, but however good is Leicester getting, Leicester getting to within one point of winning a European title after a catastro fuck-up of the last few years? Yeah, I agree mm. completely, Andy, as you can tell by our discussion earlier. The, um, Indeed. However, don't, you know, lest, lest we forget, Cardiff, the artist formerly known as Cardiff Blues, did quite well in a Challenge Cup of late. Mm. It's no guarantee of anything, is it? Absolutely. Um, however, I do think that Leicester's probably improvement is not quite as built on sand, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else have we got here? This shit. Phil Jones gets in touch. He said, from the Times last Saturday, this is shit, Briganti RFC in Sicily, after having their clubhouse burned down by the Mafia in 2018... Jesus. 
The Cosa Nostra broke into the rebuilt clubhouse in April and stole the equipment. Then last week, they returned and torched the team bus. Jesus. I mean, cry. One, rugby on Sicily. Who knew? Yep. Who knew indeed? Two, obviously got some massive beef for the local mafia. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to make for an awkward away day, isn't it? I mean, you hear about stuff getting people getting broken into the container and the kids' cones getting nicked and stuff, don't you? But this is of a, yeah. an entirely this, different order. It's an entirely more sinister, <laughs> oh Jesus, kind of vibe. I'm assuming yeah. it's protection racketeering and they're just saying, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> And this yeah. is what's which, happening. Bless which, them. I mean, yeah, fair play to them. Stan. Francis Woodifield, or Woodyfield, Woodifield, Francis, let us know, gets in touch and says, shit, is Luke Pierce's Frongley? It was quite bad, actually, wasn't she it? She says, I, I, I appreci- got away from him. I appreciate he's making an effort, but it would honestly be easier for French people to understand clear, slow English than his mishmash <laughs> of whatever the hell that was, she says. She says, I'm aware I'm in a minority, but as a, as, a, as a language speaker myself, it really grinds my gears. There is a bit of that, isn't it? There's a kind of, well, just pick one or the other, because at the minute I've got no fucking idea what you're talking about. You sound like Del Boy. To- when he was trying to explain the Bottier red card. Amazing. I felt, I really felt for him because yeah. he was just. Oh, don't aim more français. Headbutt. Don't dance la bibliothèque. Comme ci, comme ça, où est le It was not good. So I've given him a red card. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> to which, to which the response of the Ravishon captain was to, sh- was to was to gesture that it may have gone chest and up into his chin. <laughs> Which is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was like nice try, mate, but honest that. to God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your attempt to bridge the language boundaries with that gesture, but it is not a not happening. No. Uh, Martin Lewis gets yeah. in touch. He said, Shit, I'm feeling really depressed as I had an injury, sixteen weeks injury, and I've not been able to exercise and I feel huge. Can't wait to be able to train again. He says, But good is I've bought a signed Alan Wynne Jones Osprey shirt to cheer myself up. Well done, Martin. I wish nice. I had the excuse of being injured through the fact that I've done fuck all for 16 weeks. <laughs> but it's been a lot longer than that, and I'm not even injured. So Yeah. Did a lot of DIY, though. So, you know, I it's am not, burning yeah, a bit of calories not, on the shovel. Indeed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's deceptively hard work, that stuff. It is. It's not even deceptively hard work when you've done about four shovels and you're fucked and you're thinking, I'm an absolute disgrace. <laughs> but it's getting better now. I've actually got, like, properly, so, like, calluses on my hands from me shoveling. Oh, the see. first time in my life, I feel like a real... I know you shouldn't do toxic masculinity, but you know what but I mean? at the same time, yeah. You can't sense. escape this working-class masculinity got, that's built I've in you, can you? So- I've got the soft hands of a man who's never done an honest day's I work know, yeah. in his life. My entire family that's preceded me would be ashamed. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Rianne Lowe gets in touch and says, shit, is journalists dogpiling on the Aussie teams? Yeah, it's not going to help, is it? No, that is again. Okay. I mean, I know we did do a bit of that, but well, not yeah. really. We just said the whole setup wasn't helping. No, it doesn't help anyone. As you and said, it's pipe. nobody's fault that everyone's no. just so much better. You know what I mean? They can't help yeah. it. But yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't help to then, you know, especially given how the state that rugby union is in in Australia. Fucking doom and gloom in it is not helping anyone, is it? I mean, but I mean, try to do a comparison. Who's in? You know, imagine sending Sale to play. The fucking hurricanes every yeah. three weeks. Yeah. Can you imagine the damage that would be caused? Yeah. Or, or Worcester, you know. Like, 
I mean, they're down the bottom, aren't they? But imagine just anybody. Imagine Leicester. Imagine Leicester having to go and play Crusaders. Yeah, three times. Absolutely fucking dicked. (laughs) And you know, or you know, most teams in you know the Pro Fourteen and in you know what New Zealand are at Super Rugby is scary shit. They're better. They're better than everyone else. Let's be honest. Let's be real about this. Let's move on to good, shall we? Yes. What have you got? Um, good for me. Uh, firstly, good for me is, have you seen the video of uh, Romain Ntamak attempting to surf with the Champions Cup trophy? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> it's very silly. Does he because, look greased and oiled like Antoine de Cohn? Uh He does a little bit, yeah. I mean, he's in far better nick than I am. Is his hair he, still they, in exactly the same place? Absolutely perfect. Of course it is. He uh, basically run. He he sort of holds it like a surfboard and then runs into the sea and tries to jump on. But oh, I see. It, he's actually surfing on the cup. I thought you meant he was yes. surfing whilst holding the cup. No, 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 no. Right. He's trying to use the cup as a surfboard and it goes about as well as you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good video, um, and I also enjoy that. I just saw a photo of, from uh, somebody that they've currently filled the Champions Cup with mojito which is a very classy, very French way to... That would be filled with beer. It's a very young anywhere. person's thing, isn't yeah. it? It's a very, it's a very young person's thing it's to basically, do. Like. It's basically become the equivalent of a picture of Woohoo in Weatherspoons. Yes. Know? But, my my you daughter's know, had a cocktail making kit for her birthday because she, she's oh, yeah. into all that now. She's had to she's learn getting, for work and stuff. She's getting Woohoo, the classic Weatherspoons cocktail. Yeah. And do they um, even do WKD Blue anymore? I don't think they do, do I they? I think they do. Oof. I mean, I haven't seen one for many years. But Cheeky Vimto, be... isn't that Blue Wicked? <laughs> Cheeky Vimto, that's a Blue is Wicked indeed, in some yeah. way, isn't it? Indeed. The, uh, yeah, so I had to, we had to get her a cocktail set because we actually, actually had a proper measure in it because her measures were off the charts when she was making stuff. So we had to we had to <laughs> give her a tool rain to assist her. Rain this in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to go and work in America where it's free poor, I'm afraid yeah, exactly. you're doing Or Spain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, right. What else we got? Yes. Good. Simon Jones gets in touch. He says, "Good Hadley Parks and his Panasonic Wild Nights. Another yes. Wild Night is calling." I used to love Van Morrison before he came an arsehole. Well, it's even it's worse such a now. Shame. Such you an know, awful is, person. Yeah, it's. I mean, he was always an arsehole, but when he was just a sort of like crotchety, difficult arsehole, it was kind of entertaining. All right. Yeah, it's sort of like in, in you know, it's sort of like when Morrissey was like kind of willfully obtuse, but before he became a sort of total twat. And of course, you look at it now, and he's always been spectacularly racist. When you go back through the interviews, it's it's amazing how it's yeah. it, it, it it's just, hovered you underneath. You thought the that radar. it was done with like a, you thought that it was done with like an arch eyebrow, but it turns out that no. It's, no, in 1937, he was basically axe were only yeah. on top of the pops because they were black and things like that. And you go, oh, fucking yeah. hell. So you were always this person. <laughs> you were always a cunt. We just assumed you were being ironic. But Van Morrison's reached the, you know, making records of oh, Eric Clapton events. Lockdown. I mean, that just oh, shows that we've gone on, right we've gone on too long because we, we miss, he's missed his actual cue to end the podcast he has, like yeah. he did last <laughs> week. Shows we've gone on too long. His fucking Apple Watch has just gone off to tell him to start barking. 
Anyway, sorry. Oh. Hadley Parks and his Panasonic White Knights, back says Simon Jones, winning the top league and Parks demonstrating that he's ready for the imminent call-up as an injury Any replacement on the line. Any day now. Could you justify as a geography selection? You No. No. No, no you can't. Yet. But, you know, I'd still call him up in a heartbeat and so would Gats, let's face it. Well, if he g- needs a 12 to do a job, who else he are you going to pick? Well, Nick not, not Gary Ringrose. No. Not Gary I mean, not that much. No. Uh, and he's a 13 anyway. But he was making a point and he didn't pick him. Uh, Will Gaines gets in touch. He says, good is Ellis Genge speaking some harsh golf truths. Ellis Genge says, I'd sooner lose 12 Pro V1 balls in my driver than hit an iron off the tee on a par five. You know who you are, you cowards, says Ellis. <laughs> I've got this wonderful image of Alice Genge dressed in whatever he would wear to play golf, which I imagine is fucking amazing, by the way. Yes. Absolutely spannering the ball off the tee with a with a with a yeah. driver and taking a mulligan like ten times in a row, while a massive queue of typical golf people builds up behind him, all tutting and demanding and that best... he demanding yeah. to play through and he just won't have it at all. Yeah, the best part is that he will absolutely be delighted by infuriating the typical <laughs> golf person. Yes. There's a, there's a huge part of him that will just love it. Do it for an hour. Just keep losing yes. balls. Ruin his scorecard <laughs> just to make a point. Uh, speaking of speaking golf, of, I watched. Yeah. The, did you watch the... Have you seen the Tiger documentary on no, Sky? No, I haven't. Is it good? It's interesting. It tells us a lot about his father, but the first half deals with his rise, the second half deals with his, his fall and all that shenanigans. Mm. He is what my nan would call, in terms of his extracurricular activities, he is what my nan would call a filthy pig. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime we you all mention- know, we yeah. all know Lee's nan didn't throw that around. No, no. Willy well, she does quite a bit. No. Anybody, like, usually, like, but he sort of said, where's, where's our Gary stayed out with some woman last night? The filthy pig. So basically, that's what gets... Um... <laughs> so, yeah. One. But it's worth watching. I love a documentary that's in two very long parts, like four hours yeah, of it. Yeah, me you know too. I mean? Detail. Me. It's worth watching anyway. Star. Sorry. I watched that Bee Gees one. That was that's like two a good and a half hours long. That's a good, a good one. one. I, I really did not know one. they all fucking hated each other by the end. No. Indeed. Oldest story in the world in many ways, but for some reason I thought they all got on, but no, hated each other by the end. Mm. I'll tell you what, though. Hell of a back catalogue. Oh, that... i tell you what. You know what? And you know we sometimes... We, you we... forget how many good songs they've written. And, you know, we play guitar, or at least try, don't we? And funny enough, after I watched that, I thought, I'm going to try and learn mm. how deep is your love on the acoustic guitar when I'm in the mood for serenading, cool. you know? And I thought, it can't mm. be that hard. Fuck me. It's some complicated chord progression mm. shit on that song. Yeah. It's deceptively, yeah, ridiculously deceptively. clever band. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, speaking of tangentially, Ellis Genge, Leicester, mm-hmm. also Leicester was good. Uh, I thought the way that Tom Young spoke after the yes defeat was really, you know, given especially given that half his teammates were busy absolutely losing their heads at the final whistle and trying to start a fight with anyone that moved. Yeah, I had a lot of time for that. Just, by the way, that's in good. Oh, it was. Funny, very Leicester, uh, very Leicester, let's face it. But yeah, you know, it, what should have been, you know, a, you know, what undoubtedly was a devastating loss, especially given how much better they were than Montpellier for a lot of that. Um, 
you know, it would be easy to be totally gutted, but he was just like, look, you know, it's just instant perspective of just like, look, look where we fucking were. Basically what you said, look where we fucking were, look where we are now. Like, we nearly got relegated last year, and now and he's dealt with some shit the, in his life, hasn't he, in the past few that's years? That's the thing. He has, so I think you know, he's a bit like, look, he's, I'll help these younglings move through this. He's a person understand. Indeed. And, you know, like, as you say, you know, the stuff that he's gone through in his personal life almost certainly gives him a unique level of perspective of how this stuff does not fucking matter at all. But, like, yeah, the fact that he just was absolutely refusing to be gutted or down in the dumps, you know, I got low, you know, bang average player. Absolutely, you know, never baffling that he ever got on a Lions tour. But the way that he spoke, the way that he acted, the way that he carried himself, just massive props, massive respect to him. Obviously a good leader for that club, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Matt Merritt gets in touch. He says, good is the Premier 15's final this week, which Saracens versus Harlequins is live on BT Sport. Great to see it getting the nice. full treatment rather than just being Indeed. streamed on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dennis Souter gets in touch. He says, good was getting to play for my own club for the first time in 15 months. He says, and promptly engaging in shithouse behaviour by untying the boot to the bottom of a rock, for example. Nice. He said, however... I, it's their fault because their oldest player was, was 22 and ours was 51. Yes. <laughs> yeah, whatever you need to do to bring that down. Veteran <laughs> shithousing is some of my favourite uh, <laughs> shithousing. <laughs> Catherine Kavanagh, for that gets in touch, she says, good is the joy, in capital letters with an exclamation mark, the pure unadulterated joy of being at Twickenham on Saturday. Shows how long you've been away. That place brings you that much joy, Catherine. But yeah, I like know. a huge, fizzing, delighted family reunion. Except everyone actually liked each other. Yes, I've seen some photos, Catherine. It was, it was a very lovely day out. So I'm glad you Indeed. enjoyed yourself. She says, however, better than that is the photos by Dan Sheridan in the Toulouse dressing room of them all drinking champagne in ski goggles. Yes, that the- seems to have weirdly kind of transplanted from baseball. Where that's is that a the, baseball well, thing, is it? Baseball's are done, th- like in sort of American sports in general now, but particularly baseball, the tradition is after you win something, whether you get into the playoffs or whatever, you come back into the changing rooms and everybody puts ski goggles on and you basically just drown everyone in champagne. And oh, so it doesn't go in the eyes. So it doesn't go in the eyes, exactly. It's very sensible, but a bit weird. Um, but it's very, very popular in American sports. Fucking cowards. Yet another reason why yes. this country, this century sucks <laughs> is that people won't even get champagne in their eyes anymore. But it's it's weird that it's sort of that's the first time I've ever seen it in a UK sport, you know. And I think it's yeah. I think it started. Let's see when it started. I mean, we're keen. Twenty nineteen, the Washington Nationals did it in Major League Baseball uh, when they won the pennant. Um, and everybody else seems to have sort of cottoned onto it from there. So the Washington Nationals obviously decided we don't want to guess stuff in our eyes so we're just going to all wear ski masks and now everybody does it it's caught on like wildfire in america we're keen on american things aren't we josh me and you i like, like american a bit of americana we like america yeah. i like it i like that a lot of things that come over here from america this is not one of them no i think it's a bit just get a bit of fucking champagne in your eyes lads you know i mean the difference is i guess that Toulouse have probably got to play another fucking game of rugby on wednesday or something because of the top 14 <laughs> yeah, that's so. true still got 10 games of the season left to go um 
<laughs> Any more good? Uh, quick goods. Uh, All Blacks playing Fiji and Samoa this summer, uh, including the two test series in Fiji against Fiji for the first time, which is a huge game for over there, frankly. Um, the cynic might say it's a bit of a PR play, given the current sort of competition for PI teams in Super Rugby, but, you know, still a really good thing that the All Blacks are going to the islands. There you go. The other good thing to announce right at the end here is that we are both, I think we are both engaged in the Scottish Rugby Blog's end-of-season dinner event. Yes, we are. On the 25th of June, which should be, I think, interesting because we, we've been told what we need to do. Well, I have, and I think you're involved yeah. in, yeah. I think I'm involved we'll, we'll in give any, no spoilers. Sort of, but yeah. yeah, I'm involved in in more of a sort of supervisory I mean, capacity. I'm playing, to my, I'm playing. I'm playing to my strengths. I think in terms of judgment. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we'll say no more than that. Indeed. But yeah. So yeah, that should be a good. Should one. be a good fun time. Right then, thank you everybody for your time. Thank you, Josh. Uh, we'll be back my next pleasure, week. As always. When do the playoffs start? I've had enough of this now. Uh, fucking not soon enough, mate. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Shit. We love rugby. We're glad it's bad, but come on. <laughs> Can we just get on with it? Seriously. Still, oh, still a get one game left. No, two, three games left. Right. Fuck. That's too many games. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're back anyway, on the norms yes. next week then. And uh, yeah, as we we build Point. up towards the Lions as well. Speak to you all soon. Indeed. Ta-da. Take care. Bye. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.